lesson this morning is found in uh, Luke chapter 9, and uh, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through uh, 10, uh, and the authors have entitled our lesson, First Mission of the Twelve. So we've seen Jesus in his earthly ministry conduct ministry, how he did it, uh, the pattern for doing it, the various methods of teaching, uh, you know, recruit uh, disciples, uh, teach disciples, demonstrate to disciples what needs to be done, teach disciples. But then there comes a time when all the teaching and all the edification is done. Uh, now it has to be practiced, that which has been taught. And so Jesus, uh, in this particular passage of scripture, calls on uh, the 12 uh, for a mission. And uh, uh, it's interesting that uh, 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 it's not an impossible mission. See, because with God, nothing is impossible. God, God wouldn't call you to do the impossible because he can't. Because he's calling you to just to be an instrument. And anything is possible with God. You got to get it. You got to get it. But uh, today we're going to see uh, uh, the call of these disciples who have now been uh, identified by Jesus himself as an apostle, okay? And uh, i reminded of a story uh, when I was real young uh, of a little boy who was in Sunday school and uh, every time the teacher would say this word, uh, talk about the apostles, uh, and uh, he was asked what they talked about in Sunday school. He said, we talked about some imposters. <laughs> so, we're not talking about imposters. We're talking about folk who are not perpetrating a fraud, but folk who have been called, and not only called, an apostle is one who is sent. Sent. Somebody say dispensation. dispensation. Today we're going to see the model of ministry extended. See, because Jesus, you know, he showed you what the model should look like, but then uh, the model is no good if it's not tested and works. And the whole idea is that Jesus was preparing what would become the Churchill-centric model of ministry. He was showing them through Christocentric ministry how the model should work. Recruit, teach, and today we're going to see another element. And we're going to see um, I said dispensation, right? Uh, can someone say specificity? specificity? In other words, specified, specific, okay? Some calls are general, and some calls are very specific. And you've got to know the difference. Because if you don't, you will find yourself doing something, chasing something that God has not called you to do. Y'all hear me clear. They're, they're, with all this enthusiasm, all this passion about doing the work and the will of God must be tempered by his call. 
what he's called you to do. There's a general call and then there can be specific calls. And today we're, we're going to look at a specific call. And you will see it, become, it will become evident to you that it is specific. Because if uh, it's not specific, uh, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, what is it? See, that Matthew 28, 19, and 20 is for all of us. This mission today is for these agents called apostles for this specific time to show you what extension of ministry would be, what it would look like. Uh, dispensation, right? Specificity, right? People. If you're going to extend ministry, you need people. The earthly ministry is about bringing people into the kingdom. You, you, you got to have people. People matter. You're going to be working with people. And I know the uh, pastor gave his State of the Union today, and I know he, he told his favorite story, Steve, that one about a um, uh, guy being called to preach, and uh, uh, he, he said, maybe, but I don't like people. Is that, did I do it? Hey, guys. He's he been here 30, but I've been here 31. I, I know it. I don't heard every one of them. You know. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go, let's go. Pastor's going to kill me. All right, all right. Now, uh, it's about people. And listen to what Jesus does. After he's done all this, teaching, demonstrating, calling, recruiting, he says, he takes the 12. Somebody read right there in verse one. Then what? He called these 12 disciples, followers, learners of Christ, 12 of them, not 1,000, not 2,000, not 15,000. He called 12 of them to perform their first mission. You've been in class? Now, here's your first mission, if you decide to take it. It's not a mission impossible. It's a possible mission. Uh, and, and, and the reason is, is because these followers of Christ, Vanessa, they are giving something. Whoever Jesus calls, whoever God calls, he will also equip. See, so you teach disciples, but you have to equip disciples also. In other words, you have to give them the equipment that they are going to need on this battlefield, on this, on this mission. And what we see in verse one is that he gave them both power and authority. Oh, somebody who was in leadership need to holler. Because guys, let me, let me, let me tell you one thing. It is very important. I, I, I've shared with you guys for years. You have to hear all things and cleave to that which is good. Oh, let me resurrectionize that for you. You have to hear all concepts and then res uh, resurrectionize it. That, that's what I call it. I call it resurrectionize. In other words, you've got to fold it into the call, the vision that God has placed on this local assembly. 
Oh, y'all will see what I'm talking about here in a minute. Because he gave them power and authority. Power is the ability and capability. Authority is the right to use that ability and capability. Who God calls, he will equip. Now, I realize there is a lot of emphasis in this progressive uh, uh, new age society that that, that, that that capability has some import. But as, as, as the speaker on yesterday told us that, you know, you got to have availability because availability assumes that you are capable. Y'all don't hear me. See, 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 you got to uh, segregate it from the world, though. See, uh, Jesus knows that if you are available, you are, have the ability. You have the capability if you are available. That's why he only wants fat saints. Oh, they mad with me, Mo. Look at you. Yeah, hey, look, you better smile. That's right. You better smile. Mo, Mo looking at me tomorrow. Hey, ain't nothing fat about me. All buff. Hey, Keith, you see him sitting back out there? All buff. I ain't nothing. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, I'm a saint. But see, what, what, what the prerequisite for being a disciple and one who cares about growing uh, churchocentric ministry is one who is faithful, available, and teachable. Faithful, available, and teachable. If you are fat, God will equip you in a specific call to do. In other words, you may not be able to do a certain function. You don't have the capability. God will give you the skill to do it. Y'all, 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 you know, I, let, 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 let me tell you one thing. And see, oh man, when you live a long time, you, you see and hear some crazy stuff. Did, did, did you realize that, 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 that Deacon Newsom was a member of this church when they didn't even have anybody? They had two pianos and nobody to play them. <laughs> what what? There's a woman in her late 40s, maybe 50s, went, learned how to play piano and became the choir director. Learned how to play the piano. Because what God wants you to do. But see, here he found a congregation, Joe, that were faithfully studying the Word of God. Resurrection was studying the Word of God when I got here. They, they had master teachers that weren't necessarily preachers. When I got here, matter of fact, the, the person who taught Wednesday night Bible study was a deacon. Well, who would become a deacon. I, I don't know if Rich was a deacon at the time, but would become a deacon. Yeah. So, so don't tell me that, that, that you got to have a, a pick of ability. God will send you and give you exactly what you need to do if you are available. Okay? But that availability assumes that you're going to be capable. They, they can't put you leading every song in the choir and you ain't been called of God to do that. You're just available. You're here. But I'm just one enough who's crazy enough to believe that if God calls you, he'll give you all the ability and the authority. Because when you stand on God's word, that's his authority. When you declare the name of Jesus, that's his authority. I teach by the authority of Jesus Christ. You know, for you Latin guys, 
Jesus Christus. I preach, teach, reach, love, discipline, whatever word, adjective you want to come up with it, but it's only by, the, by his power and his authority, not my own. Reverse two, I'm going to tell you, it, it, really, really, the lesson going to go real fast once y'all see where I'm going here. And what? And he called them, gave them power, gave them authority. Who did he give that to? The 12 disciples. And he sent them. Did, didn't it say that in verse 2? He gave them, he equipped them, and he sent them to do two things. Two things. Build a church and feed the hungry. Oh, I love you people at resurrection. Oh, I love you people at resurrection. Y'all been taught. See, you at least have been taught to read. Hey, Bruce Lee, I'm reading it myself. Hey, Carter, I'm telling tell I'm reading it for myself. It says, go and what? Preach the kingdom of God. And so you're going to do two things. You're going to preach the gospel and you're going to heal the sick. That's specific, guys. They ain't asked you to do nothing. They ain't asked you to organize no marches. and ain't asked you to feed no hungry. and ain't asked you to do none of that. This is a specific mission. And, they, and notice the, the paragraph, the sentence rather, starts off with, and he sent. And who God sends is an apostle. Somebody say dispensation. I know what I'm talking about. And he said unto them, Stand up, ma'am. Stand up, ma'am. Stand up, uh, Sister Ross. Brother Brown, would you stand up? Brother Fred, would you stand up? Sit down. I ain't sending y'all nowhere. Y'all too sharp. Y'all got on too many clothes. Sit down. He said, oh boy, that's so cool. Jesus, somebody said, Jesus. You know, the, the, the thing about it, he sent them and he says, I am sending you with power and authority. I am going to describe what you need in order to do the two things I just told you to do. You don't need a whole bunch of clothes. You ain't got to worry about a whole bunch of money. See, because that, that's why the mission, the ministry, Robbie, isn't extended in this time. Because when, when we talk about calling and sending somebody, the first thing they say, ooh, I, ooh, I got to go get shopping. I got to get me some shoes. I got to get me some new clothes. People are out there dying, going to hell, and we're worrying about what we're going to wear. Y'all know I'm right. 
Oh, oh, y'all know I'm right. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, ain't, ain't nothing worse. You go into an evangelism workshop and you supposed to be in class at nine o'clock in the morning. Well, actually, you should have been in prayer at six. But by nine o'clock, you should have at least been in class. But then it's the first day. You find out, well, where is so-and-so and so? Oh, uh, uh, her and, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, bro, they, I, I think they were going to the mall. They need to. <laughs> Jesus says for this specific mission, you don't need a whole bunch of baggage. You need to travel lightly because let me tell you one thing. Every life matters. You, you ain't got time to, to collect a whole bunch of stuff. You ain't got time to be worried about possessions. He says, this is what I want you to take. Now, I guarantee you, if he said that today uh, at the Resurrection Baptist Church, there'd be folk that say, I got to go home. I got to do this. But those guys probably didn't even get a chance to go home. When they got through talking to Jesus, they boogity, boogity, boogity. Wasn't no time to go back home. Hey, hey, honey, I'm going out on a little mission. No. See, that's the cost of discipleship. Jesus says on this specific mission, I don't want you taking nothing. I don't want you to be uh, 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 weighed down by anything. Well, Lord, how do you plan for us to eat? See, you, you, you guys were at uh, uh, leadership yesterday. It, it, it's not reasonable that I take nothing. That's unreasonable. And that's how God is sometimes. He's just unreasonable. But your job is to obey. Not to determine whether or not the command is reasonable or not. You just go and do what he said. Preach the gospel, heal the sick. Don't take nothing, don't wait. And by the way, Whatsoever house you enter into, there abide and thence depart. Why is that there? You don't want us to take nothing. And now you're going to tell us to go to one place and stay there. Well, suppose the house I go into is a raggedy run-down house. They ain't making no pretty biscuits like Doc Brown likes. They ain't doing, so you want me to stay there? You got it. And the whole idea, it makes, it makes him very reasonable. Because here's the thing, you go into someone's house and, and, and you live in large. You ain't gonna go, it's easy for you to do. But you go and it's not comfortable. Surroundings ain't all that good. Roaches, maybe, yes. You, you, oh, no, I got, I got to check out of here. And now you go over to the neighborhood where the guy is that, that you got to report back. Hey, man, I'm living in a mansion. Or I, you know, I'm living in Bud's place over here, man. It, this, is, this is King Hut. Now you create competition. Now you're worried about more of the comfort than you are. But you also just insulted the person who opened their house up to you. I remember a time in America, 
When I went to Sunday school conventions and conferences, we had to stay with someone's house and someone's home. And the house you got is the house you got. We wouldn't know, I'm moving today. I don't like it. They got some crazy rules. This, this man talking about when you come back from church, the only thing you want to hear is the sink running, you getting ready to wash, and some snowing 30 minutes after that. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going to be talking. You ain't going to be done. Hey, I don't like this house. But what a witness to spoil if you want to trade houses and make this brother feel bad, make this sister feel bad. Jesus says, no, you stay right where you are. Take nothing and stay wherever you land. Because, first of all, God is your source. Somebody say amen. Amen. That wasn't very enthusiastic. God was your source. Amen. But guess what? He's also your resource. He says, I am the source and the resource. You go and perform the mission and depend totally on me for possessions. The mission will never be impossible if you just obey. Do what I tell you to do it. Do it how I tell you uh, to do it and depend totally on me. That's why later when he gave the uh, commission to the disciples, he says, and lo, I'm with you, even until the end of the year. And the reason why he says that, he says, I'm not looking for your ability. I'm with you. You ain't need no ability if I'm with you. I got all the authority and all the ability. Can you depend on me to do what I asked you to do? Oh, I'm talking about y'all's call. See, you know, you know we, we, we want to be cute when we're called. We want to be careful when we're called. No, God ain't called you to be cute or careful. He's called you to be obedient. Amen. Just do it the way that he says do it. And the thing about it, uh, Edmondson, we want to do it the way we want to do it. Yep. I go, I witness to the lost sheep of Israel. If you just give me time to get, get me a three-piece suit or robe or collar, so that they'll know who I am. I, I'll do that. I, I, I'll do that. If you just give me some time to, if I got all the needs, because you know, when, you, when you're hungry, you know, uh, you know, I like to carry extra snack. You know, you, know. <laughs> you don't want me to take no snack either, Jesus? <laughs> Jesus says, snack on the mission. I'm your source and your resource. So, okay, I got the orders. And then he says something very interesting. Verse 5. You 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 got testimony witness against them. That's what they'll have to say. That's the only thing that they can say. Oh, they came and bought the gospel, but we rejected it. Those are the words. Those are their own. That's their own testimony. See, your, your testimony is that uh, one day I was lost. Jesus died upon the cross. I'm so glad he saved me. 
My testimony is that I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. But there are some that will die and enter into eternal damnation. And here's their testimony. I heard the word. I just didn't receive it. <laughs> I, I, I just rejected it. See, and that's blasphemy. And it's the only unforgivable sin. So that makes sense. But here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, if they don't accept it, don't waste this, per uh, this precious gospel, this gospel that you preach, this healing that you bring on people who don't want it. Because there are plenty of people out there that do. Yes, sir. Uh, there are some people out there that do. You want to reach to some that will receive. Remember the parables of the soul? Some soul is just going to reject. And he says, don't, don't, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting what you're preaching and teaching. See, we get all upset and think that people are rejecting me. Man, I try to talk to her, I, you know, and we get all upset. We spoil our witness. We come back, David, here's, here's how they talk. Man, you know, I was talking to them guys, man, they, uh, they are whack. You know, they, they, they don't want to know that. Man, you know, I tried to, I talked to this heifer about her salvation. <laughs> Now you done spoiled your witness. <laughs> Jesus said, don't talk about them. He says, here's what you do. You treat them, understand, this mission is to the Jews. He says, but if this Jew rejects it, you treat them like a Gentile. And that was how Jews, whenever they had an encounter with a Gentile that they disagreed with, but they would, uh, and they couldn't, that Gentile wouldn't come around? That's the ultimate. I'm leaving this dust right here. I'm leaving this right here. You can just eat my dust, because I'm not dealing with you. He says, treat them like a Gentile, okay? Because this gospel. And that's why, folks, I'm telling you, I, and more and more, the older I get, it's, it's, I, I just realize, you know, life is too short. Yeah. Just be spending a whole bunch of time on knuckleheads. Yeah. Yeah. God, there's no excuse for not hearing the word now. Faith cometh by hearing the word. Yeah. Why would you waste your breath on someone who's not receptive and someone who is? Both of them are lost. Both are lost, so go spend your time. And that's what Jesus is saying. Oh, but, you know, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus say, this is how they know that you are my disciple, how you show love one for another. That's so uncaring. We care about all the people in the world. Let me tell you something, folks. It's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. Everybody ain't going to heaven. So if everybody's not going to heaven, that means somebody is going somewhere else. They're going to leave here, but they ain't all going in the same place. But you want to make sure that heaven is populated with as many folk as possible. Let him that has an ear, let him hear. And him that got an ear and won't hear, don't waste your time. Get up out of there. That's what he says. You get up out of there. 
So now we got the model of ministry here for the 12. Ah, read verse 6. And they what? What did they do? What were they doing? I'm going to tell to say it one time because y'all evidently read that wrong. See, because I can read a little bit better than y'all, you know. Pre doing what? Man, I guess we're on the same page. That's what they had the power to do, to preach the gospel and heal folk. And they did it. It says they went about and they did it. Whenever you're doing something for the kingdom, be aware that people are watching. They're listening. It's not that people don't hear. It's just that they don't receive what they hear. There's a boy named Herod. He's called a king, but he ain't no king. He's a spiritual thug. He's a thug in every way of imagination. He's a thug. This is the guy who took his brother's wife. Oh, by the way, he killed his brother and took his wife. And his wife, who was a spiritual miscreant, a spiritual thug, had John the Baptist said that all she wanted for her birthday was the head of a holy man. Now these are the folk we're dealing with, uh, Minister Brown. That's who we're dealing with. They he heard. He's even listening. Because he heard, here's what they said about him, verse 7. Some people came and told the king, Oh, king, John the Baptist done got up out of the grave. And the king, it says, was perplexed. Anytime you do anything in the kingdom, the world will never understand it. And they'll, 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 they're listening, they're looking, but they don't understand what they just witnessed. For him to say, you, you, did you say it was uh, John the Baptist? That means that he hadn't seen Jesus. He didn't know Jesus. Oh, somebody, y'all ought to get happy on that. He didn't know Jesus. He's the world. Herod represents everything about the world. He, he heard about him, but he didn't know him. He heard about him, and he was perplexed. He did not know him. And so when the people came and told him, this is John the Baptist, uh, arisen from the dead. Listen to him. He says, that's what some said. But some said, he's Elijah. Just like the Old Testament said. Or maybe he was one of them other prophets who had been risen from the dead. The world is historical. They make up all their stories. Jesus and his disciples are going about teaching. And they heard something about him. The, word, the world heard that you were conducting church over here today. They weren't here. And they will make up all kinds of stories. But the people that they are telling the stories to don't understand it. It says, Herod was perplexed. 
And Herod said, cut John the Baptist's head off. I know y'all must be mistaken. John's head was served on a platter. And y'all telling me he done got up out the grave and are doing this? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed. But you know what? I'm so perplexed, I gotta see this person that y'all talking about. Folk, if you're doing the right talk, the world has a thirst. See, preaching the gospel just quenches, it creates a thirst, and it quenches a thirst. Y'all don't hear me? You gotta talk. If these disciples had not been doing anything, Herod wouldn't, would, wouldn't have made this statement. But here's what I want you to notice. Here's what he said. I desire to see the one you're talking about. Somebody please just show me this Jesus. You better be careful what you ask for because let me tell you one, a lot of people want to see Jesus, they don't want to know Jesus. Oh, y'all don't hear me. They, they, they want to see Jesus, but they don't want to know him. And you know how I know? Herod. Wait a minute, y'all heard. And he desired to see him. And he desired, I want to put my eyeballs on him. Not today. Because you want to see him for the wrong reason. But guess what? Even you, Herod, you'll get your opportunity to see him. But you can't handle him. Y'all don't understand. Herod, did he ever see Jesus? Not this day, not the next day. As a matter of fact, it's a little while longer. But one day, on a weekend, on crucifixion weekend, this same Herod would get an opportunity to see Jesus because they sent him to King Herod, Jesus the Christ. They sent him all beat, bruised, and battered. And Herod saw him. And you know what Herod said? Hey, I don't know what to do with this guy. Go back to Pontius Pilate. <laughs> I don't know what to do with him. You can't handle Jesus when you don't know him. Oh, he wanted to see him. He got to see him. Then he couldn't handle him. Ah, oh, I, can't, I, I can't do this. But you know what? They kept on doing ministry from this point. They wanted to see him. Ain't nobody went and got Jesus and brought him to Herod. Hey, you need to talk to Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus knows the heart of Herod. Jesus said, look, I got ministry to do. I got some more saints to equip. I've got 12 apostles now because I sent them. I sent them on a specific mission. It was the time, it was this dispensation that I sent them. Apostles, apostles, 
not imposters, apostles. <laughs> they went, they did exactly what I said, now give me a report. Because let me tell you something, that report, that's accountability. You know, I don't know how it is. Y'all go, you go TDY in the military, you folk, and they used to when I was there. Go TDY, you will prepare a trip report. I ain't never been TDY, no, oh, they still do that? Oh, praise the Lord. You know why? Because they sent you on that trip, a specific mission to, to accomplish something. And so when you got back, you reported what happened and the results. Because let me tell you something, folks. You always inspect what you expect. That's all the report is. The report is, my expectation was, I wanted to see how you guys did this. And so verse 10 says, as we get ready to go, what it says. Oh, stop right there. Oh, oh, they will beat me up more. Oh, Lucy, you should have heard them. I heard them. Oh, that Dickens need trying to be so technical. You know, they were disciples. Yeah, they were disciples when he called them. But they weren't apostles till they sit. Oh, you somebody better help me. That means they saw and were sent. That is the definition of an apostle. They saw Jesus and they were sent by Jesus. Just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> so y'all don't have They can come in here with all these titles if they want to. Matter of fact, me and a person I want to expose him, I'll just expose myself. We, we, we heard some information the other night. And guy stood up and says, yeah, uh, this guy, he's a bishop. I realize he ain't got no church, but he's a bishop. I made him a bishop. And that, I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm crazy. Hey, Vanessa, it's me. It's, it's me. I've been, I've been looking at this book called the Bible too long. People come up with all kinds of craziness, folks. But it is Jesus who determines who we are and what we do. Somebody say, who we are and what we do. Jesus determines that, not you and me, not no man. And the apostles, <laughs> when they were, they told, so they prepared a trip report. This is what happened, Jesus. See, when you do the work, you deserve the rest. People want to rest before they work. People want to shop before they work. People want to get affairs straight before they work. People want to eat before they work. But Jesus here says, well done. I've read your trip report. I approve. You've done exactly 
I want y'all to see something. Come back up to verse 1, and then we'll conclude and get out of here. Verse 1 says, Then he called his twelve disciples together, and he gave them, the disciples, what? To do what? And then, so he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that authority, preach it. Preach the good news of the gospel. And then I want, to, I want you to take that power and I want you to heal the sick and afflict. They give a report in verse 10. And in that report, in order for him not to criticize, they had to say, Jesus, you told us to preach and boy did we preach. Oh, we preach this word. We preach the kingdom of God. And you know what? There were people that had various afflictions and we healed them. But in verse one, it says, they had authority over all devils and, and diseases. See, now these potentates get a, today they come and talk about they are exorcists. And they can exercise demons, devils, out of folk. Let me tell you something, folk. Do you realize what the exorcist is? It's the word of God. The devil in you, that's what's keeping you in darkness. It is only gospel that is going to run him out. It's the gospel that evicts. You're running around here trying to get some magic potion going down to Miss Rudolph's place and down to Monk's Corner. <laughs> I'm sorry, sis. No, hey! Jesus says, just preach the word and people will be healed because I know some of you are doubting that thing about healing. You know, the issue is when you don't know Jesus, you are spiritually sick. You preach the word of God and give them the gospel and they're delivered. That's healing. Yeah. But he says at the same time, there's some folk out there that are going to have some physical limitations. I'm going to give you the power in this dispensation. For this time, you the apostle. I ain't talking about them, that one, that certificate you bought down there. I'm talking about you the some apostle. You are going to heal in this dispensation. And they came back, Terry, and they gave a report. And Jesus says, come all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And it tells us something, too. When you are out there doing the work of the ministry, you're going to get tired. And you know what? You need rest. Don't you work your fool self to death in the time. You know, work, work, work. Church work will wear you out. You gotta step back and get some rest. You've been going, 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 and get some rest. Eat, nourishment, enjoy the comforts of your home. You don't ask the Lord to give you all this, this mansion, you know. But now you don't enjoy because all you want to do is work, 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 work. Makes you very dull very ineffective because you're focusing more on uh, doing the work. But here's the thing. Jesus is saying, don't go down and buy your certificate of apostleship. 
He said, because I ain't giving no more out. And don't you go by none. He said, but what I want all of you to be, I want you to be. Since I'm not going to be physically manifested there with you, I am going to commission you to do what I would have done if I was physically here. Therefore, I got to teach you. I got to train you. I've got to equip you to do ministry. And that's why the Apostle Paul writes over in Ephesians. For some, I've given pastors, some evangelists, some teachers. For what reason? Y'all know the verse? Ephesians 4.11. For what? So sorry. Yeah, no, for equipping the saints till I get back. Y'all do for me what I would have done if I was physically here. But know one thing, you don't do it with your power and you don't do it by your authority. Because Jesus declares all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In other words, I'm large and in charge everywhere. But he says in the agenda, y'all know, Acts 1 and 8. But you, bud, but you, Lolly, shall receive power. You shall receive a dynamite stick. And everywhere you go, you'll have the ability to rearrange things. Because dynamite will blow you up. You got the power to do it. Just do what I've asked you to do. But most of all, Jesus is not asking us to do. He's asking us to be. God's will will keep you wherever he needs you to work. Somebody, somebody better listen to me. To, somebody, let me, let me tell you one thing. Ain't no devil in the world can put you out of God's will. What God calls you to do in work, he'll keep you. Where God calls you, he'll keep you. See y'all next week.